Welcome to the Responsible Finance Podcast, the official podcast of the Responsible Finance and Investment Foundation. I am Blake Good, the CEO of the RFI Foundation, a global nonprofit organization working to build awareness, promote research, and encourage convergence in the responsible finance industry, including socially responsible investment, ESG, Islamic finance, and impact investment. The purpose of the Responsible Finance Podcast is to connect you to the leaders behind innovative approaches to creating positive social impact in responsible finance. This month, we are featuring an interview with Pramod Das. Pramod Das is the CEO of Ram Consultancy Services, a wholly owned subsidiary of the Ram Group. He leads Ram Group's sustainability services and environmental, social, and governance analytics. He was formerly the CEO of Ram Ratings, and Pramod has 23 years experience in the financial services industry, including 18 at RAM ratings. Since May 2016, he has been spearheading RAM Group's involvement in the United Nations-supported Principles for Responsible Investment, PRI, statement on ESG and credit ratings. Pramod is also a member of PRI's Advisory Committee on Credit Ratings. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Welcome to the RFI podcast, Pramod. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself and introduce uh, Ram? Well, um, I am um, the CEO of Ram Consultancy, one of the subsidiaries of Ram Holding, uh, a part of the Ram Group. I used to be the deputy CEO of Ram Ratings uh, for the last uh, uh, seven years, and uh, I've been with the Ram Group for the last 18. In 2016, Ram joined the Principles for Responsible Investments credit rating initiative. Could you talk about that and what it attracted RAM uh, to participate in that? Well, RAM is an active contributor in global sustainability and the green finance effort. So when we joined the lineup of six pioneer credit rating agencies, uh, it was uh, a major decision uh, because we decided to focus on uh, sustainability services and ESG analytics and RAM Consultancy is the first uh, provider of sustainability ratings and second opinions on green bonds and Suco. But as a group, um, we have a history as the first domestic credit rating agency. We were known as Rating Agency Malaysia in 1990, and we were on the forefront of pioneering new products and services that have contributed to the development and the growth of the Malaysian domestic bond and Sukuk markets. So. When, when you look at that context, true to our pioneering DNA, RAM Group has developed products and services that center on sustainability and ESG. We have established a prominent role in the international Islamic finance sphere, underscored by our presence in Sukuk ratings and Islamic finance thought leadership. And it was um, very natural for us to envisage the strong linkages or shared values between ethical slash uh, responsible finance elements in Islamic finance, as well as sustainability and ESG. So it, it's an interesting story because uh, in 2015, the World Wildlife Fund Sustainable Finance Team began engaging with RAM on the role of how the financial sector could play uh, a key role in, in uh, sustainability and particularly how credit rating agencies can contribute towards driving this momentum. And in, uh, if I recall way back in early 2016, a PRI signatory approach as uh, this was Saturna Capital and RAM ratings was introduced to the PRI ESG statement. And uh, these 
precursors were very important to our foundation of our journey with PRI. So on a broader level, RAM ratings is part of uh, the RAM Group's efforts to drive sustainability in the corporate sector in Malaysia and ASEAN. And uh, ESG in credit ratings, Islamic finance, green bonds and green sukuk, sustainability ratings and second opinions and green bonds and sukuk are all different facets aimed at achieving the UN Sustainable Development Goals. So to this end, um, we, uh, the RAM Group, have been collaborating to promote green finance and sustainability. And in some instances, we've joined forces with World Bank, Asian Development Bank, PRI, and WWF to contribute towards building industry awareness and capacity building regionally and globally. So, Blake, that gives you the context of uh, where we are coming out with uh, in terms of sustainability and, and ESG. And in terms of the, the operational aspects, how does RAM systematically integrate ESG into credit ratings? And what's an example of an ESG issue that would affect an issuer's ability to repay its debt obligations, either through a bond or a, a sukuk? Okay. Uh, I will first need to outline uh, what the PRI ESG and credit ratings initiative is about. So you get a broader idea. ESG in credit ratings uh, is involving credit rating agencies and fixed income investors that have committed to incorporating ESG in credit ratings and analysis in, uh, let me emphasize this point, in a systematic and transparent way. So the, today, the ESG statement is supported by 147 investors with cumulative assets under management of 29 trillion and 18 rating agencies. So how the PRI works with PRAs and uh, investment uh, or investors is that it understands the investment implications of ESG factors and it supports inter an international network of investor signatories integrating these factors into investment and ownership decisions. So there are six key commitments that uh, the credit rating agencies and investors have. One is to evaluate the extent to which ESG factors are credit relevant for different issuers then to publish the views on the ways where ESG is integrated, then review factors into how ESG factors are integrated into credit analysis. We have to also maintain organizational governance and resourcing to deliver quality ratings, including ESG analysis, take part in industry-wide efforts and participate in dialogues with investors. So these are the six uh, basic principles of the statement. And Coming back to your primary question, from past experience, governance can have a significant impact on ratings. And in our view, the G of governance factor would dictate how rated entities manage, manages business or risks related to the environment, social factors, as government governance is often a proxy for the best practices that a rating, rated entity applies in the environment and social areas. So, when we look at governance, uh, it, it is an, actually a very important area. We pay close attention to the ownership structure, related party transactions, financial transparency and information disclosure, financial discipline, management conduct, effectiveness of board of directors and accounting quality, to name a few. So um, I hope I've uh, given you a broader understanding of where we are coming from in this uh, ESG initiative. Yeah, th thanks. Uh, and how have you seen, if you wanted to break it down into 
um, sovereign issuers and corporate issuers, they would probably have different ESG uh, factors that would that would affect it. How uh, how has how does RAM approach these two general types of uh, types of issuers? Well, we we have criteria to look at uh, sovereigns. We have criteria to look at corporates and financial institutions, and uh, they can go into very extensive uh, details. But let let me focus on the broader issues of how we will look at uh, credit in general when. Uh, when we look at credit in general, singling out, um, singling out just the material ESG factors does not shift our emphasis from our process, which considers both quantitative and qualitative considerations. And let's also focus on the fact that a credit rating is an opinion on the ability and the willingness of an entity or issuer to fully meet its obligations in a timely ma manner. So when it comes to ESG factors, we consider um, 30 factors in a, a thematic and time frame assessment, which we have an ESG matrix to measure. And uh, this actually assists us in the identification of ESG factors, providing more clarity during deliberations at every stage of our rating process. So let me elaborate on this. Some of the themes we examine include climate change, biodiversity, human rights, health and safety, corporate integrity, board structure and controversies. The materiality and impact of these themes are then assessed from the perspective of a time frame. So this robust process lake allows ESG factors to be flagged and deliberated upon more effectively and transparently to assess the impact of a credit rating at the point it is first assigned or when we review it annually. So pertinent ESG factors are typically easier to isolate for certain industries, although in it could be less obvious for others. And determining materiality can sometimes be a challenge, but let me dive deeper to illustrate on this. Environmental factors are faced by many sectors such as plantations, automotive, pro uh, property development, manufacturing, natural resources, infrastructure, and utilities. The risk to credit worthiness in relation to environmental factors for us typically include the security of long-term resource supplies, the cost of compliance with regulations, and fines in the event of non-compliance. These issues can drive expenditure, capital, and operational decisions for such organizations. And for example, if you take the El Nino weather phenomenon, this could affect the yields on oil palm plantations, either hitting its revenue only temporarily or boosting it in the long run if new techniques or conservation methods are used to sustain yields. So the consequences depend Therefore, uh, consequences on the rating, therefore, still depend on the financial strength of the rated entity and its ability to absorb these higher costs and market supply and demand conditions. So that's one element of uh, a situation where we look at the environment, but the ESG factors are only significant enough to have a bearing on the rating in some circumstances after all rating factors are holistically and comprehensively analyzed. If I zoom in into, say, some examples of uh, social factors, social factors are becoming increasingly more important in the age of instantaneous communication. For instance, news of a poor safety record on a construction site may wreak damage on an entity's reputation, which could adversely affect its financial prospect, uh, uh, prospects and market standing. And 
The, um, the other point I want to make sure that uh, we understand, ESG factors are not always clear-cut in terms of materiality and time frame and are subject to disclosures made by rated entities or the uh, credible publicly available information. So this therefore introduces some level of subjectivity in terms of interpretation and the relationship between ESG factors and other factors in arriving at the final rating. So while we we will adopt a systematic and transparent approach to integrating ESG in our credit ratings. We will maintain a balanced approach when arriving at an opinion on the creditworthiness of a rated entity. It's a, it's a bit of a long uh, narration on that, but the key point I want to emphasize is a credit rating is the ability of an entity or an issuer to pay back its obligations in a timely and adequate manner. So ESG analysis is part of that emphasis uh, on uh, looking at an entity's credit from a holistic manner, looking at all risks, understanding it, and making sure we always ask the right questions to the issuers and so that investors have a systematic and transparent look at all risks, including ESG risks. And so the way that you are describing that, it, it seems like there's some risk factors that are likely to affect based on an industry or sector basis, and then you'll look to see how how near term and how material those are, and then use things like the governance of the company to see if they're if they've put in place uh, efforts to to mitigate the impact. And then after all of those uh, facts are gathered, you sort of balance it to see if on the whole is that likely to affect what we would otherwise uh, view as the creditworthiness of the issuer. Is that is that a, a close approximation? Yes, the job of the rating agency is to analyze creditworthiness. That's the point I want to emphasize. But what is different now, um, we've, we've always looked at ESG factors uh, in our qualitative assessment. The difference now is that we look at it a lot closer, a lot more detail, and we emphasize on a systematic and transparent approach in uh, our credit analysis. So that's why after we complete our analysis, we include relevant sections in our rating credit rationales to emphasize the areas where we have concerns on ESG for the investor's benefit. And in that, in that rating assessment, would, would that flag then potential areas that, that you might have seen as potential risks, but either have been mitigated or didn't rise to the level of timeliness or materiality that would affect the credit rating today, but maybe something that in the future uh, drove a credit rating decision? Yes, uh, we would flag it. Um, if it is a potential rating trigger or a negative factor, we, we will flag these points out quite clearly. And have the, have the ESG factors typically been something that have been more or less uh, impactful upon uh, Islamic banks, for example, or uh, Sukuk uh, transactions? Have those had a different uh, different exposure to ESG risks? Uh, From a credit rating perspective, ESG issues that we analyze are common to both conventional bonds and Sukuk and all entities, including Sharia-compliant entities. So the fundamental approach would be the same. However, for Sukuk and Islamic-rated entities, we do assess elements of Sharia compliance as part of due diligence. And uh, it's very important uh, uh, to look at that as well for Islamic rated entities because um, 
Sharia compliance, uh, if not adhered to, can bring reputational risk, uh, and it also cross uh, links to the issue of governance. And would you say that then, uh, because there's the additional layer of oversight in a Sharia compliant transaction or with a Islamic entity, that there is a potentially uh, higher buffer in terms of the the governance quality of those of those entities or issuers? Well, it again depends on the industry. If you look at the financial institutions, whether it's an Islamic financial institution or conventional financial institution, governance is usually at a very high level because they are regulated by uh, either a central bank or even some instances two or three entities uh, if uh, they are listed as well. And it, when, you've, when you've been going through this, you mentioned that uh, Saturna Capital, uh, the PRI uh, member, uh, had, been, had created the initial outreach uh, that, got, that got RAM involved in this initiative. Have there been other voices from investors uh, highlighting specific, specifically how they, how they want to see ESG uh, integrated into credit risk, where, the, where it would be most useful for using the credit rating uh, in their investment process? Well, uh, there, uh, we've had many interactions with different stakeholders, uh, either through uh, PRI, the World Bank, uh, Asian Development Bank, and even WWF. They are a mix of views, um, the, but by and large, investors are happy that credit rating agencies are looking at uh, ESG risk because ESG risks are also pertinent to them. Uh, in Malaysia, we have uh, two uh, well-known uh, entities, Kazana National and uh, uh, Co-op, uh, the uh, National Retirement Pension Fund. Those two entities are PRI, uh, uh, PRI signatories, and um, we have uh, several other investors that call us regularly to find out about our ESG processes in our credit rating. So uh, the short answer to it is... Um, Investors are on board with uh, looking at ESG. If you look at uh, the, the context of the PRI signatories, 29 trillion uh, worth of uh, assets under management out of uh, 147 or so signatories uh, have uh, committed themselves to looking at ESG uh, in credit rating and credit risk uh, together with uh, 18 credit rating agencies. That's a significant growth then from when the from when RAM first joined the PRI's initiative. So it, it seems like you've been headed in the right direction on that. As yes. the as the analysis uh, as you continue to do research, one of the things the principles for responsible investment uh, had highlighted was that they were looking at how credit rating agencies were increasing their research on how ESG affects credit rating to get a deeper understanding of the issues at stake. It wasn't clear to them when they wrote that in their report how those research insights would be embedded in ratings going forward. How has RAM taking a look at what are the emerging ESG issues that might be considered uh, in future, future ratings? Well, e ESG issues are definitely evolving. Uh, there, there's a question to definition, there's a question to uh, amount of disclosures that issuers can give credit rating agencies. But I think one um, 
One interesting uh, development was the statement made by the International Organization of Securities Commissions, which came out uh, recently uh, in a statement saying that uh, they're looking at uh, increased disclosures from issuers that uh, on ESG matters when they go into capital market transactions. So um, that's, uh, that's a plus point. Um, the second point is uh, several uh, exchanges, stock exchanges around the world uh, have sustainability reporting where uh, there is more disclosure on ESG. And um, I think coming back to your point, um, it also depends on the jurisdiction. Uh, ESG uh, issues can be different in different jurisdictions. Um, so in some jurisdictions, investors are very concerned about climate change. In other jurisdictions, uh, investors are concerned about biodiversity. So there is um, there's an endless and a non-exhaustive list of issues that a credit rating agency can look at. So when uh, I think the on the, on the more pragmatic side, uh, credit rating agencies um, need to look at uh, what risks are material and relevant to the context of the particular issuer, the, uh, to the context of the particular industry. It is not a um, uh, checkbox uh, check uh, uh, approach. It is something where we, we look at all risks present, including ESG risks, um, and the idea is for us to continuously evolve this. So uh, right now our approach is very broad-based, uh, but we will spend more research and time analyzing uh, several industries and sectors that we cover and uh, have more criteria developed along those lines uh, in time. Great. And then how, uh, <clears throat> what does the future then look like for, for both RAM ratings? And then you mentioned you also are now the CEO of the uh, RAM consultancy. How, how are those businesses different and the same and how, how much they overlap? Well, the, the central theme uh, behind our push is uh, to look at sustainability and to look at ESG analytics. And um, there's a common theme uh, in terms of uh, both what uh, we do within the credit rating agency because uh, ESG um, uh, is looked at within the credit rating agency from uh, the perspective of the impact on the credit worthiness of issuers. On the sustainability side, on uh, RAM consultancy, what we look at is the uh, environment, social, and governance elements of a corporate, as well as its uh, positive impact. So corporations or entities uh, come to us to get an independent assessment uh, on their own journeys on sustainability, also to find out what the ESG risk footprint is like because they get questions uh, from investors and uh, uh, other stakeholders. Um, we look at the green bond assessment and green sukuk assessment uh, uh, to support the growth of uh, green finance. Um, and that's where we provide an independent opinion on how, um, uh, how, how uh, green these uh, bonds are. We, we ascribe a tier one environmental uh, benefits or tier two or tier three, depending on the type of uh, projects that we look at. But this, uh, going back to your point, um, there is a great amount of synergy in terms of uh, the ESG and credit rating effort and uh, the sustainability ratings, as well as the green bond and Sukuk uh, effort, uh, because the central 
team uh, behind um, uh, what the RAM group has decided to go ahead with is to focus on sustainability and uh, green finance. And uh, we are applying ourselves in every facet of uh, the financial market. And we've been engaging with uh, the likes of uh, WWF, World Bank, uh, and uh, Asian Development Bank. Uh, we've uh, engaged in many uh, forums and dialogues uh, because one of the key uh, areas that uh, we need to work on as an industry would be on bringing awareness uh, to all stakeholders, to regulators, to investors, to issuers, uh, uh, environmental NGOs, uh, and, um, and to bridge the gap uh, between the financial sector and uh, the uh, various uh, different um, uh, various different uh, stakeholders on the environmental front. So we we play that important bridge. Uh, we translate uh, vital information from the uh, the environmental sector, the social sector, and the governance sectors uh, to a form that is easily understood by the financial sector and the capital markets. And our job is to highlight these risks and um, basically um, uh, provide the means for the financial sector to evolve um, and uh, for corporates to be on the journey of uh, sustainability. That's great. And there's been a, a lot of development um, in this uh, regard uh, within Malaysia, both from the, the regulators, Bank Negara, the Securities Commission, um, and from the stock exchange, um, which is put in the ESG reporting requirements. From your experience working with uh, working with issuers both inside Malaysia and outside Malaysia, what would you say to, in general, to regulators, credit rating agencies, financial institutions about how they can um, how they can benefit from what uh, Malaysia's experience has been over the past uh, the past decade in in moving this forward? Um, well, um, I think I have to put it on record that the Malaysian regulatory environment is uh, one of the best environments uh, uh, that we've seen. We've, we look at different jurisdictions. Uh, we have a very strong central bank. We have a strong securities commission. We have a very uh, well-coordinated uh, stock exchange. Um, they, together and through their individual work, they have uh, driven uh, Islamic finance uh, rapidly in Malaysia. Uh, we have seen the efforts to build green finance. Uh, we have seen um, the uh, Securities Commission uh, have the SRI Suku guidelines, the uh, the uh, the SEs ASEAN Green uh, Green Framework, the Social Bond uh, Framework, the value-based uh, intermediation by Bank Negara. So. Combined with the sustainability reporting standards from uh, the uh, stock exchange, Bursa Malaysia, we see Malaysia moving at a very rapid pace. So the, the, the question you posed to me, you know, what, um, what uh, would my uh, thoughts or insights be to uh, other emerging markets? Uh, ESG is not uh, a silo topic. ESG is about best practices and uh, if any regulator any investor any issuer wants to put themselves on a platform of best practices esg is a must is not an option i think that's a that's a great way to 
to wrap the interview up is just the importance of ESG as a cross-cutting issue that affects the whole financial sector, whether it's credit rating agencies, investors, companies, regulators. Uh, and so I think the what you've laid out in terms of how Malaysia has approached it in a multifaceted uh, way is is very instructive. And and I know they've been involved with the with the IOSCO Emerging Markets Group um, that you mentioned earlier. Um, so thank you, thank you again for giving the overview of what RAM is doing and how does it fit into the broader uh, broader ecosystem of responsible finance and and ESG. Thank you very much, Blake. Thanks again for listening to the Responsible Finance Podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Podbean. If you want to stay updated about RFI's work, you can find a link to subscribe to our newsletter on our Twitter feed, at RFI Foundation. You can also follow me, at Sharing Risk. At the end of April, the RFI Foundation will be holding our annual RFI Summit at Abu Dhabi Global Market. We encourage you to find out more about the summit at www.rfisummit.org. Hope you'll join us for our next podcast.